This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is brought to you by Fisher Skis. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast. My name is Adam Jabber, and we have a great episode today for you today um, with Connor Davis. Connor Davis is my friend. He is a Mainer now. Um, I recorded this episode a few weeks back, but uh, he's had uh, something come out now. Um, That sounds like it's uh, gossip or something terrible, but (laughs) he's had a project come out. Uh, called Day Tripper, which is available, I believe, what's today's day? Pretty soon. Um, I'll include a link once it actually goes live. Um, but the preview is available on his Instagram, the Eastern Adventure Instagram, the whole nine. Um, so yeah, Connor is a creator, a writer. I mean, he the dude does all kinds of things. Um, he works for a marketing agency or an ad agency. Um, in the Portland area, uh, but he's written for Free Skier. He's written for Ski Journal. He's, I mean, the dude's all over the place. So um, he's a great dude, and Day Tripper is a really good time to watch. Um, it kind of encompasses a lot of what all of us do in New England, um, where it's just like you make the day happen every single day. Like you just squeeze as much into a day as you possibly can. Um, Connor and I obviously talk about a whole bunch more other than just Day Tripper, but uh, that's the new project that's out, and you should certainly spend some time watching that thing. Um, obviously, if you don't follow Eastern Adventure, that's Connor's company. Um, follow Eastern Adventure on the social medias. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's basically the gist for today. Before we start our show, as usual, we have some sponsors. Um, and today we have Fisher Skis. Uh, obviously, Fisher Skis has been a sponsor for a long time, um, and they take care of me really well. If you have gear questions, this is like my ad for them. It's like if you have gear questions, if you have ski questions, boot questions, even just general setup questions, um, they are the people, uh, or I am the people, I guess, that can help you find your gear from Fisher. Um, and even if it's not Fisher, I'm happy to help. Um, I can uh, help guide you in any way that I can into what best suits your needs. Um, but yeah, the Fisher crew has been amazing to me, and you can check out everything they have to offer at www.fishersports.com. Um, we got some cool stuff coming out next week um, or in the next two weeks that we're going to announce. Um, obviously there's four shows in total. Now there is big stick energy, which has been a hit on Mondays, my show on Tuesdays, Adam X with the pursuit on Wednesdays and John Croom, our resident cyclist, um, on Thursdays. Um, it's, uh, it's been really fun. I like having all these shows and, uh, yeah, it's been a blast. The website is constantly getting new stuff added to it. We've got some new hats dropping this week, not just the vintage ones. We've got new merch merch um, from our friends at Ski Town All-Stars who got hacked and held hostage last week um, and are still being held hostage, I believe, uh, to the point of this uh, to the point of this intro. Um, 
what else was there? Oh yeah, leave us a review on iTunes if you can. Five stars helps everybody here out. All five of us included in the show. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys after this episode. But for now, enjoy with Connor Davis. Um, all right, Let's do it, Connor Davis. Who are you? Tell people your name, what you do, who you are, a little bit about yourself. The whole the whole nine. Sure. Yeah, my name's Connor Davis. Um, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> not not philosophically, just who are you? Oh boy. Um, so I'm a writer. I think first and foremost, um, spent a lot of time in the outdoor industry doing a lot of writing. Um, I'm a skier. I'm a dad. Uh, currently a Mainer, but uh, originally from Vermont, so I will always be a Vermonter. Okay. I don't know if you can pick both. I don't. I think you have to pick one. Mm. I think. Eh, okay. It's gonna be Vermonter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> why Vermonter? Why Mainer? Like, what's the? What did you like about it here? I mean, I'm I'm assuming you moved here for work, but what's the? What's the situation? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we can. You know, get into a couple places I've lived over over the years, but. Uh, for me, the idea of living by the ocean has just always been so cool, even though I don't yeah. really consider myself a, a huge ocean person, like surfing and doing too much gnarly stuff out in the water. But the idea of just like living by the water is extremely like liberating. Um, yeah. So like one of the places I lived was Colorado and I had this like weird day one time and I just felt so landlocked and it was <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm so far away from the ocean. <laughs> and I don't know why I had that like... <laughs> random fear but um now that i live here like that kind of makes more sense because it's like it does feel really good does it feel like you can run away is that what you're looking for <laughs> like <laughs> no just more more space to think and something else to look at than just you know yeah it is beautiful i told you i'd never been here before we're in portland maine for i don't know if we've even said that yet but it's it's amazing it's it's beautiful it everybody thinks it's just so out of the way and so not i don't know in my head i'm just like Oh, it's in the woods and not that fun. But it's I've been here for two days and it's, it's as beautiful fun. as anywhere else that I've been. So Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. A, that's a good thing. It's super cool here. We have <laughs> extremely quick access to the outdoors too. So that was a big thing for me living in Portland. Um, you can drive for like 20 minutes and have some great like gravel riding. That's a big thing for me here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just amazing trail running. And then, you know, the skiing is uh, it's pretty good too. Yeah, what's the local like? What's the local spots around here? It's like Saddleback and Sugarloaf and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so you know most people are going to like Sunday River and Sugarloaf, okay. which uh, seem close when like you live here and you talk about it all the time. But they're like two hours away. I was gonna say it's not um, close. Sugarloaf's even further. It's like two and a half ish, I think. Yeah. So what I'm super into is getting into some like kind of bushwhacking stuff <laughs> within like an hour's range. Um, I kind of got that inspiration from our, our mutual friend, Alex, uh, Alex Kaufman. Oh yeah. Um, we're both dads, both limited on time. Alex Kaufman just... is my dad. He's not, <laughs> I don't know if he's a mutual friend, <laughs> but yeah, he definitely inspired me. We talked about it at one point. He's like, dude, don't just don't drive too far and you'll end up finding something great. I promise. And, uh, there's, there's some awesome skiing around here. So up yeah. here, uh, Black Mountain in Rumford, yep. there's a great community forming up there. Um, and some like legal uh kind of backcountry zones being trimmed out so that's kind of been my zone cool um but yeah what's your we'll get back to places and all this kind of stuff in a little bit but what's what's your background why in the ski industry i mean currently we're sitting at your real job in an ad agency um tell 
what's your background in skiing? Because I don't, like I, I told you before we started this, I really don't know you that well. I'm just, I've known you since you started Eastern Adventure, and that's basically it. So tell me a little yeah. bit about what you've done in skiing, like what your connection is there, and why you're still working in the industry. Sure, yeah. So I'll, I'll go a ways back um, okay. to tell that story. So I grew up in Weston, Vermont, so it's kind of on the southern part of the state near like Okemo and Stratton, um, actually closest to Magic, which is one of my favorite places in the whole world. Um, and my family owned a, a real estate agency there, so they were selling ski homes, condos, stuff like that. My grandmother started the place, total badass, and then my parents took it over. Um, so my whole life just revolved around skiing. I mean, I was just near these resorts. I was basically in the ski industry, even though it was real estate, we were always kind of hustling in that world. Um, and I grew up ski racing specifically, so that's what I was doing all the time. Okay. So grew up ski racing at Okemo, moved on to Stratton Mountain School, okay, um, which was a huge privilege and just a super cool place. they've got cool a great place. program, yeah. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable. Got to go to school with a bunch of Olympians, you know, a lot of yeah. huge names. People I think you've talked to, at least a few of them, you know, like Danny Davis, yeah, a lot of great snowboarders. Um, my buddy Nick Krause was like on the U.S. ski team for a handful of years and just left. It was just so cool to to be next to these people um, in high school. But uh, after high school, I moved out west to Denver, um, like many do. Mm -hmm. And I always had a passion for writing, and I just pursued writing in the outdoor industry like one thousand percent. So. Yeah. Um, that really became my real connection to the ski industry, even though I've always loved um, skiing and been a skier. Writing is like what really got me in there. So uh, luckily out there in Denver and Boulder in that little zone, uh, Ski Magazine, Warren Miller, back then there was Ski Ing Magazine. They were all under the same roof, and I was an intern there yep. um, when I was going to school. So once I got in there and just got my foot in the door, I was just so hungry and started writing my ass off and... It was amazing. Yeah. So that, that's kind of how I got involved. And still writing now. I mean, I, I know you're still doing some freelance work. Like, I was actually talking to Jamie about that. I don't know. I'm not going to say much about it because I don't know what's supposed to be out there, what's not. But um, you're doing some work now still? Yeah. Yeah. So, like you said, you know, right now we're in an ad agency called Garen Mullenkamp in Portland. Shout out, Garen <laughs> Mullenkamp. Um, so, that's my full-time job. So, what I do here is um, I'm a copywriter. And okay help put out, uh, you know, broadcast ads, like big picture stuff. We do a lot of work in the food and beverage industry. So, you know, writing TV scripts and shooting commercials and all sorts of cool stuff like that. Um, but working here and other experience um, has kind of given me a platform to do that kind of work yeah. in the outdoor industry. So the past like handful of years on top of my day job here, I've uh, been really getting my foot in the door in a different way. It used to be, you know, those magazines that I talked about. And now that I have this kind of advertising experience and a little bit more hungry in that world um starting to do some some really cool work it's like for the I, i've worked really hard for a long time and finally things are like coming to me which is super cool yeah and i've always been humble about it but for the first time i'm like nice this is like, fucking sick yeah, yeah. This, is, this is actually working out so um is it hard to give yourself props for that stuff like it's i, I struggle with it all the time it's like you do cool shit all the, like i step <laughs> back and look at it sometimes and i'm like i just talked to rory bushfield two weeks ago it's like if I, you told me that 10 years ago i'd shit my pants you know <laughs> exactly. but like is it hard to give yourself credit for these kind of things 
Yeah, I think I think so for sure. I really enjoy complimenting other people yeah. and not getting complimented. <laughs> um, and I think that's for a reason. I like have surrounded myself with a lot of really talented people and like yeah. you know, you just met a couple of my coworkers, just such smart, talented people. Yeah. And I feel like I'm so busy like complimenting them and admiring what they do in their own kind of lane that Sometimes I don't take that time to, you know, step back and be like, hey, I think I'm doing a good job, too. Um, Yeah. So not that I'm trying to, like, (laughs) (laughs) grow my ego or anything, but... uh, No, grow it, dude. I think it's a good thing. As long as it's... I mean, everything needs a little checking every once in a while, right? It's like you want all your plants in your garden to grow really big, but if they grow too (laughs) big, they're taking over the fucking planet. So, I mean, you got to, like, you got to do a little bit of give and take, I think. Yeah, It's a good thing. Um. What, how has writing for you changed? Like what's, what's different writing the way you do now and not specifically at work. I'm just talking ski industry work Sure. and in the magazines, like because magazines have changed significantly in the past few years, like in the way that they're being presented to people. And especially in the fact that all of them are, you know, at least most of the articles are available online too. It's a huge component of what every magazine is doing is like making basically packages so that you buy the magazine physically, but you also get the access online too. So how has that changed the job for you as a writer? Yeah, for sure. I think I can kind of tackle the magazine stuff and then kind of chat about the process with the other, other work. But, um, you know, I think a big part of my story is I spent, um, a year, short year, but very impactful year working for free skier. Yep. And that was in like 2016. Um, and, you know, they're still, like, obviously crushing it. But back then, it was, like, the heyday, Yeah. Um, you know, five years ago. And it was an awesome experience because I was, you know, working for free skier. I was traveling all over the place, getting free gear, all that cool, <clears throat> cool stuff. Um, but the volume of content was just, like, overwhelming. Our, our strategy was just to, like, churn out content, mm. get clicks, do as much as we possibly could. And then, you know, we're, we're putting out quality stories, 100%, but um, yeah. didn't really have that time to really write something super meaningful as much as I wanted to. Um, so, you know, while it was super fun, I just kind of wanted to step back from like a full-time job as an editor, as a digital editor, yep. and be able to kind of get a little bit more picky with the things that I, that I write and put my time into. So, so on the magazine side, while I don't work for one full-time anymore, I still do a lot of freelance um, yep. For those folks, um, done some stuff recently for like outside and ski and ski journal uh, and free skier. I still work with them all the time. But what I really like is, you know, I pitch my own idea. I think about it for a long time Mm. and approach them and say, hey, this is something I'm super passionate about. You know, it might take a while. I'm not going to turn it in tomorrow. It might take me a month to like really do this properly, you know, kind of name a price and like try to get a little bit more out of it than, yeah churning like 20 articles that are all like kind of lists or clickbait. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like I know you talked to Jamie Walter today. Yeah. And the most recent thing I've done is a profile on Jamie for the Ski Journal, which should be arriving yeah, in September. our mailboxes yeah. like today. Yeah. And, you know, I'm really only writing these types of articles a handful of times a year right now. Yeah. But the ones that I am writing, like that one about Jamie, are just like so enjoyable. And yeah. it's very like therapeutic to sit down and write something like that long and and you know, his story, as your listeners will will hear separately, yeah. is incredible. So to like kind of elevate those meaningful stories uh is awesome and like to have Jamie so thankful for me telling it, like the way that he wanted yeah. to was like 
brought like tears to my eyes. Oh, dude, he told me before I got here. He was like, dude, Connor killed it. It was like he's a total professional. It was amazing to work with him, and I couldn't have asked for somebody better to write the article. That's exactly what he said <laughs> as I'm leaving his house. And I'm like, as I'm interviewing him, he's like, like hey, dude, one last Con- thing. Connor's the best, by the way. In, in case you're wondering, Connor is the best. <laughs> yeah, so just getting like, you know, picky is kind of not the right word, but, you know, stepping back and saying, is this something I'm going to be super proud of um, in a year from now? And if I say yes, like, I'll pursue it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, ma- magazines are having a tough time right now, but I'm still excited to, to jump in when I can. Um, and, and others are not having a tough time because they're figuring it out. You know, like, I feel like they're all having a tough time. I, and I don't know, and I feel like I know Rogie's going to say something because he's going to listen to this, and he's going to be <laughs> like, no, my magazine. And I'm sure he is, and I'm sure, and I love Mountain Gazette, right? Like, they're, I think what they're doing is amazing. I think the content that they're putting out is very cool. It's different. He's doing a great job. I'm not saying it's, but I yeah. also know that, there's no way that it's where he wants it to be at the end, right? Like, I think it's, I think he's a unique case. We'll leave that aside. Everybody <laughs> else is kind of acting to me like nothing's wrong. And I'm like, it, does that feel weird to you? It feels weird to me. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. And also, yeah, shout out, Rogi. Your, mag- <laughs> your mag- magazine's awesome. Um, hoping to write something for him at some point soon. We've, we've been talking about that. Um, I mean, yeah, he's looking at it a little bit differently just to address like that. Like he's doing interesting stuff with like a custom beer and he makes money from yeah. that every month because it's just like an established partnership. It's like yeah. if you look, if you, if you, if you uh, don't worry about making money from the actual magazine and start thinking about <laughs> your brand and other ways that you can make money, like you're going to do just fine. And I think that's yeah. what he's doing. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do sometimes look around the industry and, and, and say like, hey guys, we might want to get like a little pep in our step here, like <laughs> what's good? Yeah, we're like what's going on? The same way that we used to, and that's part of why I kind of exited, at least from a full time um, perspective, because I wasn't <clears throat> seeing a ton of shifts, and um, you know, nothing against free skier, but it was just like everybody is just trying to sell ads, trying to sell no, ads, totally. trying to sell ads, and I think there's other ways to bring in that revenue, but. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's just, pretty... They just hold such a high value on the magazine itself, and it's like, the magazine is really important, but it's 50% ads, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's crazy to me that you're... I get it, you need to make money, and I'm not, like, telling anybody how to run their business, but it seems a little odd, right, that that's the main revenue stream, and we're 50% of the product that you're selling to the customer isn't a product, it's other people's product put in yeah. your product. Like, it's just a, it's a weird thing to me. For sure. Yeah, you're totally right. It'd be like if I put 50% of the ads in this pot, and it's half Adam talking and half somebody <laughs> being like, Blizzard's Keys or Fisher's Keys or Ice Cream. Like, it's, that would be crazy. <laughs> like, I think, I don't know. So, yet another break. <laughs> somebody's going to get mad at me at Freeze Gear and never talk to me again. And I love those guys. So, it's like... <laughs> So no, they're they're making it work. I have faith, but um, I think that congl- conglomeration of brands uh, with the outside umbrella is probably the scarier thing for me because it's is just it? like, I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know if we need to go down that this, <laughs> this wormhole, but we're not making friends right it's now. It's kind of like the Vail Resorts thing. Of yeah. Like you get a little spooked whenever one one person, one company starts to own everything because it's yeah. just uh, large consequences. So you know, I'm not an expert on on those matters, but. It's a little scary to see all those magazines now under one roof. It is. I think they're selling it in an interesting way. Like that outside plus thing is cool. Um, like yeah. where you get access to everything. I think that's cool. I think that's a great idea. I, I, but I don't know. Is it giving too much away for not enough money at the same time? Like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how we got into magazine talk. So let's not make <laughs> anybody else mad at us. But how? 
I don't know, what kinds of things are you looking to write as a writer in the ski industry now, right? Like, are you just looking at something and you're like, I'm inspired by that guy skiing on ski blades? Or like, what, what kinds of things are you looking for? Sure, yeah. So I think like the first thing I'll admit as like a so-called writer is I'm just like everybody else and prefer to watch like moving pictures. Yeah. <laughs> also known as like memes and videos and like (laughs) it's just a fact like it's more entertaining for me I you know I think when I'm older I'll have the patience to sit down and like read more (laughs) books and and be that way but at the moment I I'm super passionate about uh film in particular so that's where I'm I'm really kind of putting my focus right now so um you know like I said I do a lot of that stuff like full-time but what I'm really trying to do is bring that experience into the outdoor industry now that I have it. Yep. So between, you know, my storytelling and now my like production experience, it's like, oh, I can actually like pitch a film on you can complete something it. that I would have pitched to a magazine, I can now pitch as a short film. Mm. Um with like brand support. So that's what's getting me super fired up right now. You know, you see okay. it left and right, but to actually like pull it off from start to finish and and start talking to these brands directly has been just firing me up, man. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's super cool. What, so what is Eastern Adventure? Let's talk about that because that's how long has sure. that been a thing? It's been what, a year, two years? Yeah. yeah, I think we're coming up on like two. Yeah, so it's been this, a little while. What is it for people that aren't aware? It, obviously, there's an Instagram page, but it's more than just that. So why don't you explain it like straight from the horse's mouth? Like, what? what is it? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, <laughs> trying to figure that out right now. <laughs> Um, But yeah, so Eastern Adventure is um, an Instagram page that most of the listeners have probably not heard of, but, um, and it kind of bridges the gap between some of the stuff we've been talking about here. So there was a time when I was feeling a little like frustrated with like pitching good stories to magazines and not, um, not having any success with landing them because maybe... Uh, it went against an advertiser's opinion or something of that nature. So I said, you know what? I'm going to start a blog yeah. <laughs> of sorts call it, or a website, whatever I wanted to call it. And I'm just going to like write from the heart, do some really cool kind of like opinionated mm-hmm. writing in the outdoor industry, get some other people involved. So I did that. But unfortunately, people weren't really going to the website. So I made like an immediate pivot within like a week and, <laughs> and was like, I was so bummed. I was like, wrote a, a couple. A week? You weren't like, let me see how this goes for the next few months. I just you like, were like panicked. A week. I was like, we're taking this to Instagram. This is going straight to Instagram. Instagram's oh, a future. So and I'm glad I did that because, so what I did is I tried to kind of condense that thinking into an Instagram format. So like what I've done on that page is like write really short stories and kind of post them in like a carousel format that you can swipe through that's like kind of entertaining and you can share um, what I've kind of leaned more into is honestly the more like jokey yeah. uh, list stuff that's like relatable, shareable to the content industry. too. Yeah, yeah, shareable is like the key word I think with this stuff. It's like do something that's relatable. Yeah, you know, like I've done I've done a couple that uh, like definitely stand out to me where I did like a list of honest ski resort slogans. Yes, that so was it's amazing. Like they all have their dumb slogans. Here's a bunch of like accurate ones. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I can't even remember them off the top of my head, but you no, they were um, amazing. And that we'll share it for sure when this comes back out, but like, yeah, yeah. cause every ski resort has its like reputation and I just kind of leaned into those and, and just posted them and people thought it was funny and that just makes you want to do another one. And, um, did anybody get mad at you? Uh, did any resort? Cause whenever I pick on resorts specifically, I get a DM that's like, <laughs> no, dude, not for me. <laughs> so. I think I'm like small enough. 
like you know much smaller than than your following that like they don't see it as a huge harm. Um, <laughs> I think I got a couple positive messages. From, really? Like, I think like Killington and Whiteface. Oh, that's amazing. Me. That's great. And I they, love that. And they were like, "This is amazing," and I'm like, "I was like, oh, thank God." Like, <laughs> I use your logo. I'm pretty sure that's like not allowed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> So yeah, I do like you know it's it's it started from a little bit of like emotional writing about like what skiing means to me, and now it's more like just kind of I just enjoy doing the funnier stuff because it just makes me laugh. Yeah, if, even if no one else thinks it's funny. Um, so yeah, it's just this weird this weird page, and I what it's kind of turned into is kind of a and it's very East Coast focused, so it's kind of turned into this like Instagram community of sorts. Yeah. Um, where, you know, a lot of cool people follow from the East Coast, and I've found a ton of really cool people on the East Coast that I would have never met, like, probably including you. Like, this, yeah. this page has, has connected me with so many totally. cool people. Totally. It's how I found that, like, who you were. I mean, it's like, obviously, then I digged into who you were as a person, but, I mean, yeah, totally. It opened my eyes a little bit, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, what else I do on there, um, just so it's not all, like, jokey, like, kind of dumb stuff is I try to like split it up with just like photos and videos from people from the East Coast too, which is, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, reposting people's content, but they're super excited about it. I'm not like some brand stealing their photo, yeah. you know, no, you're turning help. it into an ad. It's yeah. more of a, a, it's help. It's more of a, a feature, so to speak. And a yeah. lot of the time it's like really young people who are super new to photography. I find one of their photos and I'm like, Hey, let's, let's get a handful of your photos on the feed and they're pumped. Yeah. Um, so it's turned into a cool way just to like connect with, with those folks and kind of, I think I call it like on the bio, like it's like a creative lens for the, the East coast outdoor scene, something, something like that. Yeah. And cause there is a lot of creativity in, in the outdoor industry. It's not all just like rad stuff and like suffer fest. Like it's totally. a very creative pursuit. So that's kind of the goal is to like showcase that and showcase some humor. Oh, and it's the fee is, I told you this probably a year ago at this point where I was just like, dude, the feed is just beautiful. Like you look at it from the outside, it's organized well, it's clean. It goes like everybody focuses on their Instagram page as like the one post at a time, which is what I do. So if you look at mine, it's like this weird hodgepodge mess of bullshit. (laughs) But if you look at yours, it's like, it's a picture basically. It is like a complete image when you look at the homepage of Eastern Adventure. And I think that's that's rad as fuck. Like it yeah. looks, nobody else is thinking about it. Like maybe some people are, but nobody else in skiing that I'm aware of is thinking about it like that. So, yeah, it's definitely like it looks super cool. I kind of wish I'd never like committed to that look because <laughs> like, it, it takes a while, and it's probably hard to yeah. do all the time. Like, yeah, um, but it's kind of an OCD uh, approach of just trying to make it look different <laughs> and look pretty. But um, you know, it's it's a cool way just to balance out some of the more kind of stiff work that I do during the day that's maybe not quite as fun and I can go home and just kind of, um, you know, step back and have a little bit of fun with this page. So, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the film side of things. What's getting you excited these days? You have a short film coming out soon. We should talk about that as well. So tell me a little bit about what the interest is in film and why, like what, what the outlet is. It sounds like Eastern Adventure is also going to be the outlet for these kinds of things going forward as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when you asked what Eastern Adventure is, and I said I don't know, <laughs> uh, part of the reason I say that is what it's kind of slowly turning into is like almost a, a small production house. Yep. Um, because brands have messaged me and said, you know, this page is great. Like, what am I looking at right now? Like, do you want to do something <laughs> together and of some sort? And I was like, sure. Um, so, 
Yeah, I've just gotten kind of excited about, you know, some of those photographers and videographers that I mentioned and that I've put on the page before. It's like, oh, maybe I can hit these people up again and say, hey, let's go make a film. So that's kind of what I mean hmm. when I say I've made all these connections there. Um, but anyways, I've just been really fortunate to get a message from a couple of brands, and one of them was, was Blizzard Technica, and that was like a year ago. I do have a friend that works there, but, you know, their social media person and him, like, said, like, Hey, let's let's hit him up and that and, friend is Justin. Yeah, uh, Justin is yeah. He's very good at this thing, like where he's like, I see you're doing something cool. Let's make something. Like he's yeah. I have to give him a lot of credit for that. As much as I yeah. maybe don't want to give Justin credit for things on the air all the time, <laughs> but I, I think he's great at that. Yeah, stand up guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, new dad as well. Yeah, certified um, good person. Yeah. So yeah, so Justin and his team reached out, and he works in sales, and always just tries to kind of work his way into like the creative <laughs> marketing stuff, which yeah. I absolutely love. So he was really rallying to do something with me, and um, you know, on a small level, it's like, oh, let's give away some skis on the feed, and I was like, what if we made a short film? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, can you do that? And I said, yeah, for sure, like let's do it. So we kind of bounced a couple ideas back and forth. And um, last winter, we shot a short film that's coming out this fall. Uh, it's called Day Tripper. And super excited about it. And basically, the concept is, um, you know, again, kind of honoring that, like, East Coast grit and lightheartedness at the same time. Like, all these crazy day trips that all of us go on. Yeah. Leave super early in the morning, go do as much as you can, and get back home. I really wanted to, like, celebrate that. Because yeah. that's such a big thing for me, like having a daughter and not like going out for days on end. So basically the premise was to wake up super early and go ski all over New England as much as we could between sunup and sundown. Hmm. Um, initially had many, many stops planned. <laughs> like I think we're going to go to like eight different places in a day. Uh, quickly realized that's not possible when you're lugging around cameras and uh, driving long distances and trying to figure it out. But basically we... Um, bounced between Maine and New Hampshire mm -hmm. all day. We had a great crew. We had Jamie Walter, yep. uh, another shout out. Um, we had Chris Goodhue, who's a total legend, great skier. He's great. Amazing filmer, amazing yeah. photographer. Um, so he was kind of on the backup cam. Um, we had a great crew of skiers. So basically like another skier kind of joins the crew at each stop. And yep. the, the group kind of grows throughout the day. We had Andrew Drummond. Um, we had your co-host, Adam, Yeah, of course. Um, Justin I made love, a cameo. I love, by the way, that you included that shot of him eating shit. Like, that's like the... <laughs> I texted him immediately, and I was like, I was impressed with your skiing for about four seconds until you're upside down. It's just like... There is a shot of Adam falling on telly skis. So that's a reason to watch this film 100%. in itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, Zach McCarthy's in there, another great Zim guy. Zim Cardi, yeah. Um, and then... Um, you know, I'm happy to spoil the, the you know the movie because there's not like a huge plot twist or anything. But <laughs> we end up at Shawnee Peak, which is this awesome little ski resort, um, like an hour from Portland. And um, you know, this is kind of a cool, you know, testament to the Eastern Adventure page. I messaged or I put something on my story saying, "Hey, like we're shooting a film at Shawnee Peak tonight. Yeah, come join if you want to." And I think like 30 complete strangers showed up. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, <laughs> I just said, like, Shawnee Peak this time, and then we were just skiing all day, and I was like, there might be people at Shawnee. We show up, and there's this herd of humans. Oh, man, that's awesome. And I'm awesome. like, there's just no way. There's absolutely no way that they're here to do this. What is that feeling like? It, I got emotional, man. I'm sure. Like, I got really emotional because, 
uh, you know, it's these stories that I care about and like that in my gut I know are a good story. Yeah. And it's like when you see a group of people come out to like support you. Yeah. And do it and buy like a lift ticket too. Blindly like, too. Just like, to like come yeah. hang out. Yeah. Like we got a small number of lift tickets for free, but like couldn't give them to everybody. And like, um, yeah, so it, it, it had its bumps and we learned a lot, you know, throughout the, throughout the way. I'm kind of used to more like curated like studio <laughs> shooting most days. And all of a sudden we're like on top of Doublehead, this like crazy ski yeah. trail that's like covered in ice and like pine needles and like trying to shoot something. I like... saw that and fucking Drummond's like ripping the shit out of it on <laughs> yeah. like, uh, yeah, the lightest skis that Fisher makes. And it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. So that was, that was super cool. And, um, it's pretty much wrapped up right now. We're just trying to figure out when to launch it. Um, yeah. And it was good. It was really good. Like I was, I wasn't sure. Adam was telling me about it, and I was like, shut up. Like, it's everything he tells me. I'm just like, go, <laughs> just go away. But it was great. Like, it was really, it was it was amazing. Like, I thought it fully captures the idea that, like, this is what people do in New England. Because uh, I tell people I do this all the time, right? Like, where I'm like, I'm going to go ski here. I'm going to go ski here. I'm going to go squeeze this into my day. I'm going to go fit this in here. Like, even today, I'm, like, squeezing 100 things. It's just, like, that is East Coast. Yeah. That is a thing that people do here more than anywhere else, right? Talk to somebody out west. They're like, "Oh, I did. I did this today," you know. But if you ask me, or you ask you, or you ask Jamie, what we did today, he's probably like, "I did this, 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 this," this. and it's like the list goes on. And whether it's skiing yeah. or not, it's just you make the most out of everything because everything is close enough to make the most out of everything. For sure. And the one big thing we really tried to avoid is that the the, the few ski films that have been made about the East Coast are like, everything sucked, but it turned out fine in the end. <laughs> And we tried like so damn hard to not make that movie, and it's still, to be honest, kind of kind of wound up that way. But it's still, yeah, still a little sappy. Where you're like, oh, everything was amazing. It was, it was shitty, but we all love each other. It's uh, it's great, and it's it is funny because that movie has been made like 27 times. And but this is different than that. This is not the same thing at all. You like you yeah. start off skiing pine like clearly skiing pine needles not like one like all of like all of them <laughs> yeah. It like, so. yeah i think we took a different approach at it so uh, it gets a little emotional but i'm an emotional guy sometimes so. oh, that's all right i feel like that's uh <laughs> the ski industry definitely needs more of that there's uh that's one of the things that i've been pushing for is like just talk about shit like i feel like that's yeah. really important it's just talk about how you feel be open about things and like the industry doesn't need to be all smoke and mirrors right it's like we should be like this is what we do in a day, right? Like, For this sure. is how we make this shit happen. And, like, this is how shit gets made. It's like, this is the process you have to go through. And that's that's one of the hard things, right, is, like, people want to make these cool projects. Like, the creative people in the outdoor industry want to make these products. But I think people don't even know how to pitch these types of things, right? Like, I, I don't think they know where to start. Yeah. So maybe that's a good segue into, like, what do people do? How, how would you recommend somebody that's, like, looking to get into this part of the industry, right? Because I think we've kind of, we've all kind of stumbled upon this weird niche where it's like, you can be creative, you can do fun things, you can do things that are different for yourself, but also pitch them to brands at the same time. So how would you yeah. suggest somebody that wants to be involved in that side of things do it? Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think it's as complicated as it seems. I think like my biggest like piece of wisdom there is like just don't overthink it i think when you have a really good idea people are gonna buy it like immediately yeah so like when i came to them blizzard technica and was like hey we're gonna do a crazy day trip across new england like going here 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 and here and get home before bedtime like that just sounded like a snappy like good idea to them 
the rest of the deck saying like, here's our production schedule and here's, yeah. how, here's how we'll post it on social. Like that's all important. But, um, you know, like a friend told me once that when you have a really good idea and it still feels like a good idea, like six months later or a year later, like just, you better go like execute. On yeah. It. Yeah. So like if you have one of those ideas, that's step one. Like you just know it's a good idea in your bones. Your friends have maybe, you know, validated it. Got to come up with the original idea. If it's just like, I'm going to film a ski edit up in Colorado this winter and I need brand support. It's like, well, we already have a lot of those. Yeah, we have a lot of 360s in the arsenal right now. A lot of dudes can do a 360, yeah. like, you know? But, yeah, so, like, you know, the original idea, if you can't sum it up in a paragraph in the start of that deck, figure out how. Yeah. Um, don't drag it on across ten slides of, yeah, here's this weird idea that might work. Just confidently, here's the deal. Um in terms of like the design and template, like I'm not a designer, but I think there's so many resources out there. Like, yeah. I'm not afraid to say like I use Canva. Me too. Great resource. All the time. It's <laughs> like, beautiful. Like you yeah. don't have to do anything. Like, it's, it's amazing. basically already set up for you. <laughs> so pick your favorite template and drop in some logos. And then I think the other thing, um, I'm in the middle of, of putting together another film right now with several brands opposed to just one, which is a totally different beast is like, Make sure that the deck that you're sending to someone is for them and not just for anybody. Mm. It's kind of like when you apply to a job, like don't just copy and paste like a cover letter yeah. and, and replace the company name. Like write something to them. You know, like we got a beer company to support this next film and and we talked you know thoroughly in the deck about like why beer is a critical part of the story, you know, because it's gonna be this long adventure and and we got people on boats all day and all these different like use cases for drinking beer. Like it sounds kind of dumb, but like the, the deck was for them. They could tell it was for them. Yeah. And the owner, when I emailed it, rather than emailing me back or saying no, like he, I had my number on the email and he called me and was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Just get a call from the owner of this brewery. So like ta huh. tailoring it to the brand and making them feel heard, having their logo on it. That's very good advice. Is, That's uh, advice I didn't even think of. I didn't think about that at all, like tailoring it to the individual. Because, like, I send out our deck, and I'm like, here it is. Hope this works for you. If it doesn't, buy. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, it's yeah. the worst. And anybody will tell you I'm the worst at pitching these things because – I'm pitching myself. And that's another thing I kind of want to talk to you about, too, is yeah. how do you pitch you? Like, that's one of the hardest things, I think, for me personally, is pitching myself, right? That's actually the reason – the main reason that these other shows are coming on board now is because I wanted a reason beyond myself to pitch the show. And if I have, if I'm taking care of uh, Big Stick Energy and a, you know, Coffee and Van Chats and a Pursuit, then I need to go get the money because it's just for, it's for them too. Yeah. It's yeah. not my, my wallet. I'll go broke and I'll be like, oops, like that's, <laughs> that's basically what will happen. So, yeah. but if I have somebody else, it's like I'll fight tooth and nail to get the money. So what... What do you have there? How do you pitch Connor Davis? How do you pitch a Connor Davis project? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's a, not something I'm that great at. Like, you know, just being like, this is all me. This is all me. Um, it's, a, it's a weird thing because, like, when you have these original ideas, um, you know, like the Day Tripper project, and this next one's about like running around a bunch of islands. Like, I have these wacky ideas, and then I realize, like, oh, I need. <laughs> Yeah, I need to be on camera apparently because this is this idea is just in my head. You know, yeah. like I didn't hear about someone who was planning on doing this, and I'm gonna go film it. Like someone's got to do this. 
So in that sense, I'm, it's weird pitching myself as someone that's on camera at the moment. I'm trying super hard to get away from that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be on camera. Um, but anyways, I think, I feel like I'm not really answering the question. I think, what I, <laughs> I think what I do in that scenario is I don't just pitch myself. I pitch like a team, you Got know, it. Okay. because pretty much nothing happens alone. So I think, you know, instead of being like, I'm this guy and I started this and it gets this many impressions, it's more so like, here are the five people who are going to be boots on the ground. Mm. Here's what they all bring to the table. We're all equals. It's not like me as quarterback. It's just like, you know, it's me, it's Jamie, it's Drummond. Like, yep. here's, here's your roster. If you, if you say no to this roster, like, I don't know what. It's on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because if it's just me, like, this guy has written in some magazines and, like, done some stuff here and there, it's like, yeah, maybe he could pull this off. But, like, if you gather a, a crew who can pull it off, together then like that's going to be much more successful and that's what i've been i think pretty good at is like not being afraid just to tell people about these ideas so like i'll get yeah. a beer with someone and be like hey i have this like wacky idea in theory would you want to come like shoot it if yeah. like if i can land a sponsor they say yes now i can get their name and their photo on the deck right confidently and and say yeah you know i've, I've got this awesome crew ready to go yeah that's really interesting and it helps everybody right like it doesn't just help you it helps Drummond and Jamie and all these other people that are involved because it's now yeah. there they have things to promote themselves with also like they are part of this thing it's it's a thing they add to their Rolodex of items that they've done over the past year too right and then when yeah. they go to a sponsor when they go to somebody else they're like look what I was like look what I was in look what I worked with you know this is part of their history and I think that's really cool too and there needs to be more of that in skiing because I mean we're all just doing our own shit kind of and we really should just be working together as much as we can because there's we just talked about outside it's like there's huge conglomerates out there that are doing all this stuff right why yeah. wouldn't we all just work together and like make our own shit like do our own fun stuff so that everybody can yeah. do can be sustainable so yeah i feel like this is like a weird example but I, I it seems like over the years a lot of um brands have supported like crews of skiers like street yeah. skiers and yeah, stuff like that and... exactly they're like well yeah one of you is great but we'd rather like hook up all of you with gear yeah have our gear on all of you and give you a decent amount of money to actually make something great um yeah so i'm still like learning that but it's it's pretty cool just to like have kind of an informal agreement with a great squad and that way you can go into something knowing that like you're not alone yeah it's got to give you some yeah it's definitely got to give you some confidence as well um, can I ask you some dad questions too? Oh yeah. How, All <laughs> how has your, how has your skiing changed? How has your, how has you as Connor Davis changed? Like, I think there's a lot of people that are new parents and like everybody's concern is like, yes, my kid first, but you also want to be a skier still. So how do you balance all, how do you balance that? Like, that sounds insane to me. And it's terrible. Yeah. Like, I'm 26 <laughs> years old. That sounds absolutely insane and way too hard. For, so <laughs> how do you do it? Oh man, great question. Um, I ski a lot less, which is not surprising. <laughs> um, at first, that definitely scared me. The year before we had uh, Willa, my daughter, we were living in Vermont um, with not a ton of responsibility, mm -hmm. and I skied for two seasons, like well over a hundred days, and was just like always out there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we moved here to Portland. <laughs> I'm working like in a city environment having a daughter and realizing like, Oh my God, <laughs> like, <laughs> am I going to go skiing at all this winter? And we had her in December. Oh God. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, a couple months before something called COVID uh, oh, showed up. Oh my God. But, um, 
what I do is uh, you got to plan it out. So it's like this weekend, I'm going here. I'm leaving at this time. If it's like on the books, then it can happen. Yeah. If I wake up on a Saturday morning and the plan is to hang out with the family and I decide I'm going skiing, like that's not going to go over well. No. <laughs> and honestly, it probably shouldn't, right? Like it's like there's no. you have responsibilities. It's like you are a dad. Yeah. So plan it out. Pick your days. Pick your weekends. Try to stick to them. Um, but I think like what, what's been most different is like, I appreciate the time out there so much more than I used to. Like when mm. you ski a hundred days, like you just kind of throw on the skis and like walk up the mountain or whatever and just ski down without even like turning. Yeah. And Going through the motions. Yeah. Now I'm like counting every turn. I'm like making like mini dad turns. Yeah. So it's like, I can like <laughs> <laughs> hitting every little side hit I can find just like trying to juice like every single moment and and I love that like I really do appreciate it a lot more yeah yeah I'd I'd imagine so like it's they're more valuable you get less of them and I guess that's not always the case like getting less doesn't mean that you're always more excited about it but it's like you're taking time away from a baby (laughs) to go skiing right like you better make sure you enjoy yourself like that's how I always look at it from afar I'm like you have a living thing at home that obviously is being taken care of by somebody else but at the same time you're like I'm missing moments of this to go skiing. <laughs> like it sounds yeah. insane to me, like saying it out loud, but it's like I, I would do the same thing. I would I, I would be doing the exact I'm not a planner. I would be a planner for this, you oh, know, yeah. to make yeah. sure that I could go do it. And what's nice about planning is I've started to plan with other people more than I used to, whether yeah. they're a dad or not. It's it's definitely turning into like some other dads that were yeah. in the same boat and it's like <laughs> we're in this together and 14 Saturdays from now we're going to Saddleback. Oh, my God. You have to be back by noon. <laughs> um, so, like, planning it out makes it more fun. Like, I, I'm much more intentional. Like, I pack food and, like, pack a couple beers and, like, yeah. have a whole game plan now instead of just, like, ah, oh, shit, I forgot, like, half my stuff. And, like, I'm just going to go to, like, the closest place I can. Now it's, like, I'm going to wake up at 4 and drive for 3 hours and, like, go get into some, like, rowdy mm. random backcountry terrain in Maine with, like, a fellow dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's honestly been great. And um, this winter she's going to learn how to ski. So that's oh, going to be a whole man. new thing. Yeah. But that's cool. You'll ski more. I mean, you'll ski yeah. more in air, air quotes. It'll be different, but you'll you'll ski a lot more. You'll be on hill more. Yeah. So, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm super excited about that. How how have you as Connor changed over the past ten years? Like if you looked at where you are now versus where you were ten years ago, how has that changed for you, right? Like there's so many different things going on in the world. And I guess if that ten years ago Connor is looking at himself today, like what what kinds of things have changed? What kinds of things are important to you? I guess that's that's the whole question. Um yeah. Um might get a little heavy on you here that's for, okay. for a moment hey, man. Um, because it's it's funny that you ask the 10-year question. So um, on August 28th, not too long ago, uh, it was the 10-year anniversary of my dad passing away. Dang. And I did not he know died very suddenly when Hurricane Irene hit Vermont. Okay. So he lived on a lake and was trying to get his boat back to shore and, oh, man. and drowned in the lake. <sighs> and I was 18 years old. I was at a friend's house doing 18-year-old stuff and woke up the next morning. My mom said she had to meet me somewhere. We met at the soccer field in my high school, and she told me what happened. And all of a sudden, it was me, my sister, and my mom. 
Oh, my sister's older than me and stronger than me, so I was in I was in good hands. But it was like just like that. Huh. And eighteen is such a pivotal age for al- sure already. And all of a sudden, it was like I just grew up ten years right there. I yeah. felt like I turned twenty eight. Yeah. I felt like I turned fifty like immediately. Um. So that's what really set me out on that like ambitious path to like go out west and pursue this whole writing thing and get into the outdoor industry my dad always loved it he he always wanted to be a writer yeah and got sucked into this real estate stuff that he didn't particularly enjoy um so the past 10 years i feel like i've been like now it's like autopilot but i've been kind of working toward like doing something that would make him super proud so i'm a much different person than i was uh 10 years ago but yeah that's it was just yeah it was a pivotal i'm oh, sure time, i can't even imagine i'd like people tell me about this kind of stuff and i'm just like i good for you man because like it takes a lot especially to do more with it i don't know that i would have the ability to do that like i'm i rely so heavily on you know my father and like that kind of thing like and his opinions and his views of things it's like that shapes my day-to-day now i can't even i can't even imagine so yeah that's uh yeah that's insane yeah, but you know, it's it's cool looking back on it all and knowing that he would be proud and um I'm, I'm sure super he would have proud been. of like where we've where we've gotten and my mom took over the business for the past ten years and she actually just moved here to Portland oh, last sick. year. So it's like this kind of cool like over the hump feeling. Yeah. This summer. And um yeah, man. We're going on like a beach vacation oh, in a couple of weeks just to kinda like step back from all this and be like, Hey, look what we did in the past ten years. That's sick. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've certainly grown, grown immensely, and it's part of the reason too that I'm like, I had a, I had a daughter when I did. I had it definitely yeah. younger than most of my friends, but that was a driving thing for me. It's like I just want to have a kid and like, get into that part of my life and like enjoy that because, it's just so important. So, yeah, it's yeah, been a, been a wild ride, man. I'm sure that's uh, dude. That's that's awesome, and I'm sure he'd be proud today. Like, I mean, you've done a shit. Th- you're 28. Like, I thought you were way older than that. No offense, <laughs> <laughs> but good. like it, in a good way. Like, it's I see your name everywhere, and I'm like, who the fuck is Connor Davis? You know, it's like re- like honestly. <laughs> so it's like that's amazing. Like when you start seeing somebody pop up all over the place, it's like you know somebody's got something good going on, and I think that's thanks, man. That's, yeah, I think it's as good as it gets. So I appreciate that. Um, this is probably as good of a time as any to jump off. So tell people where can they find Eastern Adventure? Where can they find you if you want to plug your own social and your work? Like where can people find more? I feel like I've said your sure. name. I feel like I've said your full name forty times in this interview. But uh, <laughs> where can people find more Connor Davis? Once again, that's Connor Davis. <laughs> if you forgot his name, out. it is Connor Davis. Uh, yeah, I, you know I'm not super active on Instagram these days on a personal level. Just too much going on. But um, Eastern Adventure. I think it's just one word, no underscores or anything on Instagram is where we're doing some fun stuff. And um, I've got a personal website. It's Connor, C-O-N-N-O-R-W-Davis.com. Not really caught up on my current work there, but there's some cool stuff in there. And um, you can find me in Portland, Maine. Hit me up anytime. I'll go skiing. Do a podcast with you. I'll go skiing with you. Just got to plan it ahead. Yeah, I just need like 14 (laughs) weeks Heads up, <laughs> and then we'll be good. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, but, man. Dude, thank you. Thank you for having me here. Of course.